0: Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J. Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Gowen. Whatever WrestleTalk is and whoever Luke Owen is. Vote the Ravens. Nevermore.
1: Rambo, Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast, NXT flavored edition. I am El faker Laurie Blake, and I'm joined by Randy Andy Datsun. Hi, mate.
2: Hi. How are We've you? Never- are you enjoying the sun? No, this is this is this is our first. We've never ever- actually
1: done this before. Yeah.
2: No, I had one with Luke the other day and that was that was interesting. Um, But yeah, no, this is is our first time. Um, But as a redhead gentleman, how are you enjoying the sun? I'm staying away
1: from all windows. Uh, mm-hmm. The lamp that I've got on currently to light this shot slightly is burning my skin, so I that imagine... is why
2: I kept my light off. I think I think <laughs> some people may say that I look ill in the during the actual video uh, format of this, but uh yeah, it's just because I haven't got the light on because it's just so hot. Um, I've got both my back doors open as usual, um, and the fan is on, but uh, I'm sort of. Enclosed by the uh, the backboard, so I'm I'm pretty warm. Not wearing I'm not wearing any trousers.
1: Oh, nice! I think I might retreat to the stairwell of my building after this Mm. because it's like the one place that doesn't get any sunlight and is just like stone cold. So I'll I'll stay there for a bit. But actually, what we're going to be talking about is NXT in this show, and not how hot it is. It is Mm. boiling, though, absolutely boiling. Uh, We're going to be first of all talking about the Great American Bash that was announced for the next two weeks, and. How that might be a little bit of a shot across the bow at AEW. Here is the show. It was announced that next week's edition of NXT and the following week, it's a two-week extravaganza, is going to be an edition of The Great American Bash. Now, Mm. why is that interesting? Because... For one thing, this is this is an old these are old NWA and WCW pay-per-views. Uh, WWE has run them a little bit. They ran them from uh, 2004 to 2009, 12. 2009, then 2012. It was just a yeah. Battle Royal on a yeah, yeah. Super SmackDown edition, essentially. Um, so it, it has a it has a lineage within uh, WWE NXT. Obviously, has very heavily uh, sort of been. Part of the footprint of dusty Rhodes's great works they are quite obsessed with bringing in matches that he was kind of matches and pay-per-views and things that he's kind of involved in like taking war games from wcw and turning that into one of their own pay-per-views um so this kind of feels like a continuation of that trend like bringing it like bringing back in your house recently They're like nxt enjoys piss pressing the nostalgia buttons and going let's see what people do yes however this is going up directly up against these two editions of NXT. Are going directly up against AEW's Fighter Fest. Mm-hmm. Um, Cody Rhodes has previously tried to acquire the uh, the trademarks for old dusty um, creations such as Bash at the Beach, Starcade, and the Great American Bash. So, do you think, Andy, it feels a bit pointed to? On the week that you have decided you need to go up against that, you need to counter program against what AEW is doing. You then yes. pick something that Cody has specifically asked to have, um, and then put it against AEW stuff. Oh,
2: I mean, absolutely. I mean, I think the the thing that they've the fact that they've announced it just the week before as well. It's kind of like they've had this in their back pocket for some time and they thought, you know what, we're going to save it to right at the last moment and then we're going to drop in the fact that this is one of the copyrights we managed to hold on to because there have been, I wouldn't say battles as much as they've kind of been trying to hold on to certain ones or um, they, I think they sort of don't realise that they're about to lose one and as soon as they lose one, they have to reapply for it and especially who gets there first. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think... I, I don't think there's any kind of no one sitting in the back going, Oh, we had no idea. Oh, you mean you've got Fidofest those two weeks? Oh man. Mm. I, I, I had no idea. Um so yeah, it's it's it feels pretty petty. I mean, I, I'd like to say that I'm surprised. Um, but they do this all the time. Um and yeah, uh Cody Dusty's son. Dusty, uh, according to Ric Flair, is the guy who came up with the idea for Great American Bash. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is exactly the sort of thing they do all the time. Uh, it's, it's and a yeah.
1: WWE move. Uh, yeah. I, what I find interesting about this is that, like, like there's there's no argument as well. Like, the, the, I think you can put pettiness aside in this degree. You can say that WWE has had a history of using Dusty's stuff anyway, regardless of AEW's existence. Mm. Um, they obviously like to play on sort of brand recognition in that sense. Um, and obviously, it makes sense to have the, the great American bash was traditionally a July pay per view. Fourth uh, of July being a very important day in America. So I'm told yes, this and in this, the UK now. Yeah, this edition of that also coincide yeah, with just what we get pubs back. Yeah, finally. Yeah, yeah that's it. Wait, independence pubs. Um, but yeah, like in America, much more important. Um, Great American Bash fits that model perfectly here to Mm -hmm. bring back for that sort of extravaganza. I just think the programming that NXT has and the stuff that they've booked in doesn't feel like... This feels like a a thrown-together thing. This feels like they're just plastering a name on something for the sake of making it sound exciting. Because do you know what would have been a really good match to have on the uh, Great American Bash? I don't know, triple threat for the North American title, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Like that, the North American title sounds like the exact sort of thing that should be defended on the Great well, American Back. It, bat, it, it kind it? of
2: is being defended, I guess. And it, it, it's the, the Adam Cole versus Keith Lee is what is is going to be the main event. But um, what was I going to say? Yeah, it just there's something that doesn't feel quite right here. Um, I I don't really know what it is, but like. Carry on. I, I had a thought, but it's, I've lost it. You carry on. I'll try okay, to
1: I'll carry on. Um, yeah, so I think let's, let's have a little comparison of what's going on between WWE and AEW these weeks. So on uh, first the first edition of Fighterfest, Fest, which is next week, it's Jurassic Express versus MJF and Wardlow, Private Party versus Proud and Powerful, Hikaru Shida versus Penelope Ford for the Women's Championship, Omega and Paige versus the Best Friends for the Tag Championships, and Cody Rhodes versus Jake Hager for the TNT Championship. We then have on NXT Dexter Loomis versus Roderick Strong in a strap match. I've just match. been looking up strap match, and uh, I'm trying to just find if it is a
2: well. Is, that's is that, It that it, it, to... is it,
1: it, is it a dusty thing?
2: Like it's. It well, I don't know, like but that's like a, the one that it's kind of like uh, an evolution
1: of the bull rope match, right? So, yeah, the like,
2: one that the Fiend had with Daniel Bryan at exactly. Royal Rumble. Yeah. A whippings, a whip-ins match. A, yes. a, kink, a kink match. Um,
1: and that's fine. And then we've got the women's for, uh, Fatal 4-Way between Candice LeRae, Mia Yim, Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox for the number one contendership to Io Shirai's NXT Women's Championship. And then a handicap match with Rhea Ripley taking on Aaliyah
2: and Robert Stone. Yeah, that's, um, obviously that's the main event. Um, yeah. But I remember what I was going to say. It's going to be interesting to see how many of these matches, if any, get changed before next week, given the given last night's news, mm-hmm. um, and given the potential for people to be unable to compete uh, because they have contracted certain viruses, um, I wouldn't be at all surprised if a bunch of these matches are changed without almost without any kind of announcement. They don't want to draw attention to the fact, but then suddenly it's. Uh, Keith Lee against Raul Mendoza because he was the only guy left um, mm-hmm. who didn't have anything wrong with him but yeah I think I, I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if, if the card we have now isn't the card we have in a couple of weeks and also with yeah, AEW, well, I think
1: COVID, COVID is here to reign on WWE's four. Exactly and
2: and like I mean so we well, you know that Renee Young has got it mm-hmm. therefore you would assume that she may well have passed it on to her husband John Moxley and he will have and possibly could be in contact with be from AEW. So who knows? Maybe I mean, because they're doing everything live now. Who knows? There mm. might be a, a changes to their card. But I mean, we're not we're not here to talk about AEW. I suppose.
1: Well, let's talk about AEW one more time, just to, yes. uh, just to lay out their second bit of uh, Fight versus. So Their night two, which happens on the following week, uh, is Lance Archer versus Joey Janela, Nyla Rose will be in action, the Young Bucks and FTR versus the Butcher, the Blade and the Lucha Bros, SCU versus the Dark Order, Orange Cassidy versus Chris Jericho, and John Moxley versus Brian Cage for the AEW World Championship. Now, yeah. Uh, NXT, on the other hand, has Keith Lee versus Adam Cole, winner takes all for the North American and the NXT championship. I'm just going to throw it out there. It sounds like AEW's was set in stone a lot longer. Uh, the idea for their uh, Fighter Fest and sort of the build to it seems like something that's been happening for a while. We, Me and Adam were talking last week and saying like last week was that first week where it felt like NXT really set in stone its plans for the next few weeks and and a bit of Mm. like you know we'd come out of takeover in your house and then we had a couple of weeks of like everyone's getting their heat back and then suddenly it's like boom this is what we're actually going to do now this is what's happening going forward Mm. um and now here we are sort of accelerated into that process because we're like it's the great american bash and we're doing this and don't get me wrong i am really excited for at least Two of these matches, right? mm-hmm. I think the women's fatal four way is going to be great. I think the uh, winner takes all match is going to be a show stealer and potentially should just be the full show, a two hour mm-hmm. match between Adam Cole and Keith Lee is what I want to see. Um, the strap match between Loomis and Strong, I think, will be good. I'm not. I'm I not. think it's ma- going to be quite blown comedy. away. Yeah, I'm not blown away by the uh, the, the comedy stuff that NXT has been doing. I'm not blown away by the storyline with Loomis. Uh, I think it's it's vaguely amusing. Um yeah. and yeah, the Rhea Ripley Robert Stone Aaliyah thing feels like an absolute waste of waste time. Waste of time. Yeah. Um so yeah, I just I, I just think it's it's fascinating that uh WWE has chosen a Dusty Rhodes uh pay-per-view name to label NXT as this specific set of weeks. Uh after Cody earlier this year was talking about trying to get the um, the trademarks back for them, and saying like he thinks that mm. yeah, sure, he thinks WWE is a great caretaker of wrestling history, but he, for his family's sake, wants the uh, the trademarks to the names of pay per views and things that Dusty created, yes. because and he said not even to make money out of it, he just wants it for sort of the lineage of the sentimental reasons, yeah, yeah, for sentimental value, and I think that's fair enough because even um, Dusty's daughter Teal said that uh, WWE should be cutting her mum a check for using the great American bash, but actually, while Dusty was the originator, WWE do own the trademark, so...
2: Yeah, I think people rightly pointed out in the comments, like, what, did WCW cut you a check for that one? Um, Yeah, I mean, I think she's just being a proud daughter, really. Um, I I can't see... um, I can't, I can't see Vince McMahon sending a check off to to Dusty's widow um well, that's but not, you, it's
1: unfortunately not how uh, trademark works. that's not how our no, 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 yeah.
2: business works now but no it it was an, it's a nice idea uh yes I think overall though it's quite quite clearly this is a shot at AEW. Um, and I don't think even the most loyal NXT Stan Louis Dengel could deny that. I mean, in fact, even in our morning meeting, I think he called WWE petty swear words or something like that hmm. for this exact reason. Um, I'm not saying it's like, it's not like a really bad thing that they're doing it. It's just an obvious shot. It's not like, it's not like I'm going, oh, I can't believe they're doing this. It's so, wait a second. Whoa. Oh, it's very similar. Oh, okay. It's not the same one. Um, it's not yeah, it's not the worst thing in the world, but it's just like don't try and pretend that this isn't ex- the exact reason you're doing this. Mm. Well, yeah, I get. I think that's the. I think that's the main thing. It's it feels like a little shot
1: across the bow of AEW, and when they are leg- like they are legit counter programming here, you know, it's funnily enough they yeah. have their own two week event right when AEW is having their two week event.
2: Um, yeah. WWE had never had a two week event before, really, from what I can, or, or not in recent years anyway. So it's very surprising that they've just managed to pull one out of the bag. Well, only one match scheduled for the second week,
1: exactly. And it'll be Starcade next. NXT Starcade, Dusty Roads. It'd just be all all Dusty Roads. Just
2: NXT Dusty
1: (laughs) Roads edition. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was all over the promo package and stuff as well for this. So, Mm. like, they're very much hyping up and you know, and even if even if it's unintentional, they are rubbing Cody's face in it slightly with this move. However, uh, I think NXT will hopefully. Do Dusty Proud in this sense and, and put on a really good show. I, like I said, I'm not I'm not massively keen on a couple of matches they've got booked, but I'm sure they're going to be good. Let's go through what actually happened on this week's edition of NXT, though. Um, the show started with Cameron Grimes running around outside, calling to people saying, something's happened to Damian Priest. Oh, no. Because uh, apparently Damian Priest slashed his own tires the week before and now is pretending yeah. he's got hurt ribs. This is Cameron Grimes trying to get out of yet another match with somebody mm. who is clearly better than him. Um, so we had, uh, yeah, Grimes comes down to the ring. Priest is outside. He Grimes uh, says that this is it. Uh, I've won, Priest can't compete. He he yeah. you know, I took on Finn Balor when I had a hurt jaw and I, you know, I've already won. So this is just another win for good old Cameron Grimes, referee. Throw that, throw it out. And then Priest comes out with all of this entourage being like, No, your ribs, man, your ribs. And what ensues is quite a good little match. I quite enjoyed this. Like it was mm. mostly uh Grimes working over Damien Priest's ribs, as you would imagine, with the big yeah. targets painted on them, as pointed out by Mara Ronello many, many times. A target yeah. on his ribs with the big the big white tape it's a it's a target but yeah um Grimes hit a cave in on the outside got Priest back into the ring and then hit a cave in on the inside to take him out and he, mm. drew, he actually hit the cave in on the outside and being the sort of Cocky heel character, bit of a coward that he is. He decided to let the count out do the job, but Priest rolls back in at nine, eats another cave in, and then Grimes rolls him up for three. Not really sure what this does for either man. I'm assuming this feud is just going to continue into the next pay per view. I feel like Damien Priest, archer of infamy, needs to start getting some wins under his belt to yeah grow some infamy i don't know it feels weird that he he's kind of got the legend killer gimmick but without doing any legend killing like it
2: it, yeah i i think i think he's i think i think this is a way to get him a series or just a a sort of mid-level feud win over someone who wears a hat um and yeah i i think because obviously he, he lost to finn balor uh recently um I just think yeah I, I just think it's a way for him to get a win for him to kind of build forwards because they are building a lot of kind of big stars now obviously they've got Keith Lee and Adam Cole and um, they've got Dexter Loomis who they're building sort of as a, as a feud against the entire um undisputed era they've got Karrion cross obviously I don't know what's happening with Tommaso Champer at the moment um but they've got all these guys and they can't all be going unless they're building some kind of NXT Elimination Chamber, I can't see where this is going. Obviously, I'd want to watch that, but um, they just need to have him sort of ticking over, beating mid-level guys um, consistently because as much as his nickname is stupid, he's a really good in-ring worker um, and he's a good character and stuff like that. So, yeah, but this match didn't really do much for me uh, in terms of actual... Sort of excitement. Um, the the, the opening act. it uh, sort of didn't a bit, it
1: even it... raise a smile from Randy, Andy, Daniel, no. wrestling's harshest critic.
2: No, exactly. Uh, cave-in's no, I mean...
1: great, mate. What a wicked move! What there was—you know—the yeah. teasing of the razor's edge as well lands in that cave-in on the outside. It was great. I thought this was really fun. I like these two. I do want to see them continue the feud. It's funny though because because NXT has now become about ten-minute segments. Everything is just ten minutes long.
2: Oh, so it it's was... like.
1: We have to get from start to finish in like, you know, we have to do like an outside bit, an inside bit uh, and then a match all in 10 minutes. Like there are loads of these random things happening on NXT that just wouldn't have happened before.
2: Yeah, just so many. There were so many matches on this card and there's just so many little bits. I mean, normally if I'm covering SmackDown, there's like maybe eight segments. But I think I've got, let's have a look. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 different segments in two hours. Um, What me
1: and Adam said, you have to, you have to sort of build to nothing in, in times where like, you know, I bet they wish they'd built built to nothing now that they've kind of, uh, you know, dug their own, I'm not going to say that. They've sown their own seeds there because they've, yeah. Like, because they, they, they've, (laughs) flaunted the rules slightly or flaunted Mm. the device as much as possible and now yeah it depends on who's available for what they're going to be able to do so he's hoping that nothing really you know changes from the car they've put forward because yeah I know that should be fair if, if the Robert stone Rhea Ripley match doesn't go ahead, I'm okay with that. I'm yeah. hoping it's not for COVID reasons. I just don't want it to go ahead because I'm not bothered yeah. by it. But that was actually the next bit of this show. We had Rhea Ripley interviewed outside Full Sail. Uh, Robert Stone comes up to her and says that Aaliyah has already signed with the brand. Aaliyah, so why don't you have this golden ticket? Because you've already turned me down once. You put me in a bin, Rhea. But have this golden ticket and you can join the Robert Stone brand and Rhea says no, thank you, punches him in the guts, and then puts him in a bigger bin in another
2: bin, yeah, in a, and in then a
1: larger bin. Out, out comes it's a Aaliyah.
2: metaphor. I think I don't mm. know. Out comes Aaliyah, all disgusted at Rhea's behavior. Like, what, what are you doing? That's that's Robert Stone, don't you know? Uh, and the man then she who spat at uh, Zia Lee last week. So, now is that is that Aliyah's was that Leah's first ever win? Mm.
1: Maybe I don't. There might have been some. There was a couple of wins. I think when she was with Vanessa Bourne, but okay, were few and far between.
2: Maybe, maybe might be her first ever singles win. But she she comes out, gives like gives her a bit of a berating and slaps Rhea Ripley. Obviously, a stupid idea. And then Rhea says, "I'm going to give you a golden ticket to my ring." Um, I know. Uh, So that match was set up for later in the night, and I, I bet you can't guess how that one went. Oh, well, we'll get to it in a second.
1: Uh, we then got the uh, the next part of the Thatcher's Thatch Can course from Timothy Thatcher. Uh, I preferred it this week. I'm liking the fact that yeah. it's, it's starting to take a darker edge to it. It's start, They're starting to sell it more sinister than... Um, I think it was a bit goofy last couple of weeks. and well, Sorry, last week. But then this week where it's like the half crab and the guy's tapping out and they're sort of like playing up Thatcher's mild... Uh, enjoyment of causing the pain. Mm. There's the, you know, there's that sort of like musical. The this, this sort of creepy music starts to play in, and then that same thing when he when he dismisses everyone. There's that sort of momentary pause as he looks a bit like, oh, I really enjoyed hurting. I'm, I'm
2: sure there's, uh, I'm sure there's a German word for that. Mm. Mm. It's
0: Schadenfreude.
1: I know, I know. Uh, so yeah, I, I I have been sort of down on Thatcher. I think um but i didn't really enjoy the teaming with matt riddle um and yeah i i've been sort of i feel he's been a bit of a, a bit of drift I, I would prefer him to just be positioned as legit hard man but yeah. i quite enjoy if this is going to be a slow turn from goofy to sinister and yeah. to just like tough nut kind of uh character work then i'm i'm in for it i'm i'm pleased i'm Pleased to see where this is going. I think yeah. these these little vignettes are quite good. Um, they're at least something different uh to NXT mm. and comedy that has a, at least a really strong backbone that's yeah. starting to hit home.
2: One once again, NXT just, ha- just it, it just feels like they have too many people and they just feel the need to put on, put them on every single show. Yeah, because um, you, you can film it
1: in bulk, Andy. You just film, yeah. filmed all that catches that catches Thatch can stuff one day, and then yeah, four I four weeks worth of content. This is this is the times we live in. But now. it, it, need it, to it get just, once.
2: It just feels like you could do this once every two weeks, or uh, because they've because they've got every single guy who was on the indies a few like a few months ago, every top guy now. There's just there's just not enough room for them all to do kind of meaningful things.
1: No, well, that's and that is a problem that WWE has had. But I prefer Mm. that they're featured rather than just lost in the shuffle. Like you know, I think the main roster has a much like at least NXT is giving people the time of day and a bit of TV time and try. Like even if stuff's you know, I think failing, they're still Mm. trying it with people. They're they're giving people the sort of the room to do different things, see what gets over, and even if it's not necessarily getting over, they're trying it again and again, which is I think a fairer shake to give people than just going, well, that didn't work this one week. So go. And all, I guess also like, um, you don't have the crowd anymore to tell you whether or mm. not something's really God awful. So like that, you know, they're probably like hearing the wrestlers and all the, all the trainees, they put a ringside going way. And they're like, yeah, that's getting over. That's going really well. And it's like, they're paid, they're paid to do that. We then got uh, Legado del Fantasma, Santos Escobar, the cruiserweight champion coming out with Raul Mendoza and Wacky Wild to take on Jake Atlas with his terrible, terrible music. Um, Jake, this was really just like a showcase of stuff that Jake could do. Like, yes. I don't I don't think Escobar did anything in this match beyond. Take no, he just punishment. sort of
2: got out of the way a lot and like uh, Atlas did a moonsault onto his two cronies. Um I thought the end, I thought the finish was pretty sudden. I didn't, nothing really led to it. Like Atlas was just hitting all his moves. And Escobar goes, do you know what? I can't bother with this. Hit him with his finisher. Uh, is it the, the Phantom Driver? Phantom Driver, yeah. Yeah, uh, and that was it. And like, it was like, huh, that just made Jake Atlas look really good and then weak in the same yeah. match. Um, I mean, I, I know you're trying to kind of get over this, uh, sort of trio, but actually, um, Mendoza and Wilde didn't do anything. Like all they did yeah. was just get beaten up a bit, and like th- but they didn't—they yeah. didn't actually do any distracting. I think it's also
1: worth pointing out that Santos Ex- Escobar ran rampant over the cruiserweight interim championship tournament. Like he—he mm. he won every match that he was in, and walked out on top. Or did he did he lose one match? But he like he won he he won the entire tournament with no shenanigans, like yeah. as a baby face. And then when he was the cruiserweight champion, turned heel and revealed that he was Santa's Escobar and was working with Mendoza and Wild. Um I don't understand why the addition of two more guys to really good wrestler has made him incapable wrestler and he can't beat Jake Atlas who hasn't really done much in NXT so far like they didn't even do shenanigans to get to the finish this is what I find so weird there was only like one bit where um, Jake swings a kick at uh, Mendoza and Wilde on the outside because he notices they're a bit near and that distracts him enough for Escobar to push him off into the plexiglass which I thought was a really cool spot and I thought all of Jake's stuff was great but it just made Escobar look rubbish and yeah. then he just goes oh yeah so there was this yeah it was a die, it was the triangle moonsault onto the crew outside he chucks escobar back in he does a springboard misses hits something else goes up onto the top ropes escobar pops up and goes okay phantom driver that's that yeah. guy and which i guess might put over the finisher as really strong like you know this is the finisher that, that this is the move that escobar did to drake maverick last week Semi through a table. I, I'm only going to say semi through a table because I think Escobar went through the table and and Maverick went on the floor and that was and now he's out. But like I guess it might put over the finisher. But I think you could have made uh, the team of Legado del Fantasma look stronger here and more cohesive. I think you could have. You need to have the addition of Wild and Mendoza make Escobar stronger. Or at least to yeah. cover his weaknesses, and this didn't really do that. This, no. this was those guys didn't help him at all, and he didn't really help himself. He just sort of lucked into his finisher. I think, I think this was a match to make Escobar look really, really strong, um, and instead it made Jake Atlas, Jake Atlas look strong, which is great. Yeah. Like I think Jake Atlas is really good. His his style is really cool and very unique. Mm. But it would have made more sense to have Escobar. At least this be sort of 50 50, and then the difference of having his crew there make you know help with the finish. Um, we then got more of the Undisputed Era gaslighting Roderick Strong, uh, basically telling him that, um, he's he's kind of weak for not being able to go into the trunk while talking to registered psychiatrist Kyle O'Reilly, rather Mm. than going to a real psychiatrist. But uh, this week they managed to G him up. He says like last week he ran and ran and ran from the trunk because he didn't want to get into it. Um, And uh, (laughs) he spent most of the week sort of retreating into himself, thinking about it, and he's got over the fear of the trunk. So they take him outside and he hops in. And he's like, he doesn't even care that Kyle O'Reilly was no. the one pretending to be the psychiatrist. We're not even gonna mention that and how sort of weird that is as a, as a concept that the, the rest of the guys just don't believe him about Dexter Loomis. Um, he hops in the trunk, then the driver pops the trunk open, he hops back out, and then they're all like, Yeah, well done, Roddy, you did it. And they're like, Cool, you got a match against Dexter Loomis later. And he's like, ah, oh, damn. <laughs> I was really expecting this to be. In my head, what should have happened when they put him in the trunk is the car should have driven away, and we should have seen Dexter Loomis lean out the window. And it it should—I feel like this story should more be about the fact that the other guys don't believe him, and that's wrong, than uh, than their
2: right to sort of
1: push Roddy into all these matches with Dexter Loomis to get him over his fear of man who kidnapped him.
2: Yeah, I I, I think I think there definitely should have been some Loomis shenanigans with the car, either driving away or I I know this is really silly, but like they'd open the trunk again and Loomis was in there somehow. Like he, he, like like like, Roddy gets in on his own and they open it again and Loomis is sort of spooning him once they when they reopen it, Mm. Um, because that's the sort of creepy thing that I feel like they 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 could get away with Loomis because he's just a bit weird. Um, But yeah, I to be honest. Because I've sort of only been watching the highlights and stuff of NXT in the in the recent weeks, just because I don't have time to watch all, all, all of it. I didn't recognize Kylo Riley to start with. I was oh, like, ah, yeah. oh, it's a psychiatrist. And then I realized afterwards that it was Kyler Riley because he's growing this giant lorry beard. It's the glasses, mate. That's all it makes yeah. it. It's this it's the
1: old Clark Kentism. He put glasses <laughs> on. You don't know it's Superman. You don't know it's mm. Kyler riley Um I See, this is the thing. I don't. So I really don't know where this is going now because it's going. It's building to this strap match next week, um, where I imagine the the correct thing to do is show that Dexter Loomis has been a horrible monster the whole time and is perfectly capable of destroying Roderick Strongwell while, yes. while strapped to him. Um, I wonder if this is going to play into Loomis leaving that picture of him and Dream as the tag team champions uh, last week. So. Uh, I think we might get sort of Bobby Fish and Kyle probably Bobby Fish at least running down trying to interfere in the match and Dream might make the save giving Loomis the win um and then that can build into them those two going for the tag team Yeah track, um which I think would be a lot of fun I really like the idea of those two as a tag team I think they'll they would play off each other really nicely but um obviously it depends on Lots of other factors at this exact moment in time. Yes, so, yes. yes,
2: I was thinking that, but uh, we won't discuss those. We won't, we
1: won't go too in depth on any of that. Yeah. Stuff, uh, here, so let's talk about Indus Share, who then came in to call out only uh, only Larkin and Danny Birch after last week's. These are all the people in the tag team bit that happened, mm. where everyone ran out. Uh, we then got a recap of Champ Champ Bay Bay. Uh, who was saying that he wanted to go for the North American title, Adam Cole, uh, and then it sort of uh, brought in all the other guys who were going for the match who are having the main event sh- of the show, which was Keith Lee, Finn Balor, and Johnny Gargano to sort of lay out their legacies in NXT. Um, I think it, I, th- I really liked this sort of positioning of, of Finn coming back to take on Johnny because Johnny's been sort of running his mouth about being Mr. NXT and Finn thinks that he's Mr. NXT. I think that's something that can... Like, this is a really nice bit of that feud that like this is a nice bit of um character work that can just run and run and run in nxt i imagine like you can con- consistently have these two revolving around each other to one up each other and be like no no i'm the best that NXT yeah. has ever had. No, no, I'm the best that NXT has ever had. Uh, as we find out later, neither of them are the best that NXT has ever <laughs> had. But we'll get to that in a second. We then got uh, Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter, Team Case, K- the Casey Express, as it was known, mm. uh, versus Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez, who is now apparently going by Big
2: Mummy Cool. Yes, I I heard that. Uh, I'm glad I'm not. I wasn't the only. So that's a new thing, is it? Mm-hmm. Big Mummy Cool. Okay. That's fine. Um yeah, it, it was uh it didn't I mean what what well, they were the sort of match the match sort of started with Casey and Casey going after Gonzalez, sort of double teaming her quite a lot, uh which for a, a kind of babyface tag team I thought was quite unusual, but I think they kind of had to had to try something because they're both three foot nothing, especially Catanzaro. Um uh but that didn't last very long. And then Gonzalez basically just p- picks up Catanzaro. And this one armed kind of power bomb thing, uh, and that was pretty much it. Yeah, I mean, um, Ka- Ka- yeah. And then Kai uh, got Katanzaro in the in her submission finisher, uh, and yeah, Dakota's kind of uh, give a bit of uh, build to uh, next week where she will be in the of oh, which was interesting because she was the only person who was in a match from that match this week. Almost
1: um, as if that show has just been thrown together, Andy. Almost no, 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 They've got a logo.
2: They've got a Don't logo. Don't be silly. So know
1: yeah, it's, yeah. It's happening for ages. They've made a logo. Um, I, yeah, again, this is, this is <laughs> NXT has featured Casey Catanzaro the last three weeks, I think. Um, and she has lost every single match. And yeah, but she was American NFL, Ninja Warrior. No, no, and every single one has been against Dakota Kai or Raquel yeah. Gonzalez. So, like, why not do the final, the final edition of that? Be like, this is the, the we've done all the possible combinations now. It's been Casey and Raquel. It's been Casey and uh, Dakota. It's been now. It's the tag team, and I, I, I and then Caden has also featured into it. Like, I think this was good. I think this this was sort of as well worked. This was almost kind of like a warm up for what was going to happen in the Keith Lee match. Mm-hmm. Um, as two much smaller opponents try to wear down the much bigger one. But I think they did some pretty cool stuff here with uh, Gonzalez just, like, fending off all the attacks from the two of them. There was a really good bit where they did the sort of, ro- like, Caden rolls over the top rope and mm. gets bounced off the back of uh, Casey into the ring. And then we got... um She gets sort of goes into that arm drag, but can't mm. arm drag. <laughs> Gonzalez, who just picks her up off the floor like she's nothing, throws her around. I really yeah. like the sort of... um that Same thing where they did the they do that leapfrog sent on. I think they've like Team Ninja or uh, the mm-hmm. KC Express have worked really hard on tag team stuff and they've got some really good moves in that sort of leapfrog sent on they did to Kai. And then that being the finish where it, they leapfrog her into Gonzalez who just goes, No, powerbomb, and then yeah. Kai comes in for the roll up and to get the submission. Mm-hmm. This, I think, this again, like the, this is it's clever booking because it all builds this idea that at some point Kai and Gonzalez are going to implode. Because at the moment Gonzalez is just saying, yeah, yeah, she's going to be the NXT women's champion. It's like you've done all the work. you every single match you've done the work and Kai has just gone like and I do the go to kick or this roll-up submission thing. that's all that's all Kai really had to offer in this match. um so I think that's I think that's fascinating booking and I wonder when they'll pay off on it because. They also are kind of still obsessed with Dakota Kai losing two matches with losing in matches with Tegan Knox, and so mm. I, I don't think she's particularly going to win the the Fatal Four Way. But then I think I think Kai and Gonzalez would be an interesting first opponent for Io Shirai. I just I yeah. wonder whether Candice or Knox is a better choice.
2: Yeah, I mean, what definitely what I'm not against is the fact that NXT seems to be trying to build more women's tag teams because heaven knows we need more women's tag teams because at the moment there are three on the main roster. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not an
1: all-feud. I mean, to be
2: honest, for the women's tag belts, that is enough for three years of feuds. Um, well, it's not but... because Sasha Banks and Bailey will be splitting up incredibly soon. That's true. So yeah. These, okay. These so there, there just will just, be
1: two tag teams soon. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, you do, you do need more women's tag teams. I think mm. the belt. I think the belts being in NXT for a little bit would be really useful as well. I think that's probably a good, a good shout too. Like, because yeah, it gives them. I think they need to be con- constantly featured, but I don't think Raw and SmackDown really have room to feature them all the time. They don't. They're not that bothered by them. Um, coming up next, we had Bronson Reed who called out Carrion Cross last week because he's an idiot and he sort of reaped what he'd sown uh, yes. <laughs> here. Carrion uh, Cross got to do... His- I love the fact that Karrion Cross got to do his full entrance with like the lip syncing yeah. and all the smoke and the lights and everything and Bronson Reed just had to sort of march out in the middle of all the smoke. like oh, what oh, a fight. Oh, well, stompy, stompy. Here we go. Carrion <laughs> Cross looked awesome. This, this was... Very well booked. I think yeah. this this was. I think you you could have done. We could have done Carrying Cross versus Leon Ruff. We could have done Carrying Cross yeah. versus any of the other jobbers that NXT likes to throw people like. But I think feeding people of a caliber like Bronson Reed and of a size like Bronson Reed to Carrying Cross mm-hmm. is a much better thing. Like the, the it, it makes that sort of uh, ticking doomsday clock motif. Work really well. You, I really believe that when this guy finally gets his match against Adam Cole or Keith Lee, he is going to win. Because, yeah. and, and I think the Bronson, like if Keith Lee is going to win at the Great American Bash in two weeks time and become the double champion, like I've been saying for a while, I think Carrying Cross and Keith Lee is the two top guys in NXT. Is just an amazing pairing. Yeah. Um, and him, what he, what happened with Bronson Reed here positions Carrying Cross as someone who can shrug off anything that keith lee has to throw at him it's that sort mm. of they they give they're pushing him into an even more powerful die jack position uh and i really really like that there were some brilliant moments in this as well where uh he just picked up bronson reed hits this exploder suplex like it was nothing like <laughs> he just belly to belly just way bye mate mm. like I, you're not helping this i'm just i have thrown you and then uh Breed fights back with and hits this like a couple of punches and an enziguri and then this big German suplex. But Cross flips over out of the suplex and then just rises up like nothing has happened. This is like perfect monster booking. I love Karen yeah. Cross. I can't wait to see uh, more of him and for it to start like to start being about titles Um, because he's he's already in that mix you know, he's already given the clock to Adam Cole saying tick tock and Keith Lee has already smashed the clock. So, you know, I mean there's a, that there's that potential that at the winner takes all match Karen Cross gets involved and causes uh, disqualification and then nothing really comes of it, which I think would be a shame, but if it at least positions Karen Cross to take on Adam, yeah, it's fine, fine. If
2: anyone's gonna cause a DQ, it should be Karen Cross. There's obviously there's every chance that let's say Keith Lee wins, Karen Cross could then challenge him for just one of his belts, uh, and then Keith Lee could remain as one champion and, and Cross could be the NXT champion or something like that. Because yeah. I think the way they're booking him, he should be NXT champion rather than a North America champion because you don't want Keith Lee to go, okay, well, yeah, you can you, you can have one of my belts, but you can have the less important one. Um, yeah. I, th- I think Cross has been positioned in such a way that he, if he's going to go for a belt, it has to be the top one.
1: Yeah, and I think I think someone I think someone coming up through the ranks to take on Cross like Cross is made for an underdog. Cross is mm-hmm. made to spend six months to a year decimating anyone who comes after that belt, and, ch- and like and actually choosing opponents rather than um, rather than just like letting people fight it out for number one contenders. I think Cross should just be like, okay, you, you're the best. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take you down. Uh, you, I'm I'm just going to prove that I am the, the Armageddon that I've said I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. Fascinating stuff. I especially loved at the end when the ref raises crosses his hand for the victory and he just goes. <sighs> she's like, oh, Okay, okay, okay. And then Scarlet raises his other hand that was I, it's great character work. It's really cool. Um, yeah. And more than just an entrance. Now I think it's it's fabulous. Uh, Adam Cole was then interviewed and um, asked who he would want to win out of the main event tonight. I really like this promo. I thought it was really good. He said, uh, now the common man would pick the weaker of the opponents saying that I could beat them, but I am not the common man, baby. I am the champion. Uh, so I don't really mind who, who wins. I'm just concerned with making sure there's enough space on my mantle for one more championship. Uh, and then walks off saying stupid question. <laughs> it's, it's, it's brilliant. Undisputed era, snarky, childish teenage kind of, yeah. uh, Put downs and comebacks, and it's great. I I also love the idea that he keeps the belt on his mantle, like during the week, like he's just going to have them on, on yeah. like, over the fireplace. That's quite nice.
2: I mean, but and yeah, it was it was it was a nice nice touch. Um, and it's it's I like the way that he always plays himself up as this kind of like really honest champion. Um, but then almost all of his championship matches at, in, at some point, you know, the Undisputed is going to come down. So that was great. But speaking of great next up was Rhea Ripley. Well, this the first, before,
1: before that we had a, a promo for Mercedes Martinez and says oh, we she's, did, yeah, sorry. she's coming soon. So the NXT's open Pandora's box. I really liked it. I love the filming of it. Mm-hmm. I think she's great. I can't wait to see her come back because I think she fills the Shayna Baszler shaped hole that yes. NXT had. And I think, she didn't really get a fair shake of it first time that she when she first came back to NXT because of Shayna Baszler. Like there, mm. there was that moment in the battle royal they had the the women's battle royal that Shayna Baszler surprise entered and I think won. Um, I can't really remember, but uh, yeah, where they had this face off in the ring and you were like, yes, I want to see this match. Um, so I think uh, Martinez is going to be a great addition. Not a great addition is yeah, if Rhea Ripley joins the Robert Stone brand. Yeah, uh, this was. This this was this just feels beneath Rhea Ripley. As someone who, you know, had one of the best matches at WrestleMania against Charlotte Flair, um, was involved in the triple threat for the the NXT Women's Championship like three weeks ago. Um, this feels like a demotion, a massive demotion, and it's just it feels like it's just wasting Rhea's time. It obviously features her. Um, I don't necessarily think the sort of like I'm just going to consistently be bothered by Robert Stone joining his brand. Obviously, mm. she's never going to join the brand because Robert Stone is a loser, as far as NXT has positioned him. Aaliyah also in NXT history has been a loser. A loser. Uh, so this this was ju- this is just to waste time. And you know, like it will make, I think the, the match at the at the, uh, the Great American Bash will make Rhea Ripley look strong if she beats two people, including a including a bloke. Like that's clearly what it's about. Um but this was just silly. Like Aaliyah starts, she immediately runs into the ropes to get away from Rhea Ripley. Rhea just starts chucking around, hits a big drop kick. Uh Rhea hits this clothesline, picks her up, knees into the face, snap She does like a at Robert Stone then does like mm. a running drop dropkick. It's all a bit childish and goofy and then Rhea hits the uh the prism something I can't remember what it's called but the prism uh finisher uh, her submission and Robert yeah. Stone spends about 20 seconds taking his shoe off to chuck it <coughs> at Rhea. She then chases him and then to embarrass him she strips him of his jacket and he rolls out of the ring. Oh. Uh, she then you then expect that Aaliyah is going to get the roll up victory, and that doesn't happen because Rhea Ripley turns around, boots her in the face, hits the tide, <laughs> and wins. It was a complete load of gabbins.
2: Yes, yeah. Aaliyah is so bad that she can't even capitalize on a on, a, on a distraction like that. Uh, yeah, it's just whatever. And yeah, like you said, it's completely beneath Rhea Ripley. Uh, she's going to win quite easy next week i imagine she'll pin robert stone because that's always the way these matches go um yeah it just feels like they thought okay well she's been in the title picture for almost a year now okay what we'll do is we'll give her a crap view just for a bit and then as soon as there's, soon as iosha rai needs someone actually worthy of her then we'll bring her in or they'll they'll think or the other option obviously now that charlotte flair is gone is just mm. to call her up, just have her completely destroy Robert Stone and and Aaliyah, and then just go. Do you know what? Up you go. You're on Raw now. You are. You're Charlotte Flair. Can you do an American accent? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think
0: I
1: think that's probably something they they must be thinking of. But this isn't the this isn't the feud to cat. Like obviously they'll just pretend it never happened. Uh, but this isn't the feud to catapult her to the main roster, and this should not be her final NXT. like this she should be they should move heaven and earth to insert her into the women's fatal four way and have her win that and take on eo for the last match and then move on but whatever like this is this is this is the thing with trying to fit so many people they're trying to feature them they don't necessarily have anything to feature them with Rhea needs to be made to look strong being two people makes her look strong i think it's a silly argument about intergender wrestling to be like you know it would make a look stronger if it was like a person who's a wrestler mm. stone is not a wrestler in terms of in in terms of the way that nxt views him he is a manager um so this is yeah. this is just this is just further embarrassment to robert stone i don't know what they're gonna i think they've just decided that his brand is a joke uh i think when he when he when he came in came out of chelsea green i thought there was going to be something in progression there and they've decided they don't like it and they don't want to do it so yeah what ebbs, mate. Uh, we then got Dexter Loomis versus Roderick Strong. I really enjoyed Roddy's entrance here where he gets the Undisputed Era entrance and Bobby Fish is sort of walking behind him, but mostly to make sure he doesn't run off. Strong's like looking at the ring and Roddy's doing the the, the hand signal and he's like, do the hand signal. So like Roddy, and Roddy's like, okay, and does it and then goes to run and Bobby has to like push him to the ring. Um, but again, like this is this whole thing is like the Undisputed Era, aww. Oh. This is weirdly isn't hasn't caused any rift yet with them. And uh, me and Adam were saying this last week. It's it's slightly strange that Adam Cole is associated with this goofiness, while also being like the double champ, almost going to be a double champion. Like he's yeah, that's the picture he that's the picture he's in, and he he now exists across two different timelines where two. Yeah, he he doesn't
2: need to be in the silly stuff like. fish and o'reilly are more than capable. well fish o'reilly and strong are more than capable of carrying a comedy storyline mm-hmm. cole can kind of mention it but he doesn't need to be there in person he doesn't as much as obviously like he adds star power to it, he doesn't add anything else mm. to it really uh, you can you can do all this without having him just standing there just kind of laughing and and clapping and things like that um but yeah no i just thought this was a it was the obvious way to play off this this angle on on last night's show, um, which was just Roddy pegging it. Yeah, a
1: uh, quick note about the Adam Cole thing. Yeah, I think we could have we could have done this whole feud without Adam Cole. Mm. In a sense, that, like we could have done. Loomis puts them in the trunk at, in your house, and Adam Cole just says to them, "Look, I've got bigger fish to fry. Like, I don't." Yeah you know, and that same episode where Adam Cole came out and did his like speech for winning and Cross delivered the, uh, sorry, Scarlet delivered the, the hourglass, that was the same episode where they were doing the goofy, uh, Undisputed Era stuff as well. Right. And Cole could have just said, look, I don't have time for this, guys. You're gonna have to sort this out yourselves because I've got Karen Cross on my back. And that would have, that would have made this kind of feel okay. But yeah, I'm interested to see where this goes. Um, next week with the strap match uh because yeah so far it does feel like the undisputed era have just been lying to roddy's face about loomis and it and and it feels like this should be something that causes cracks between them to form like this this puts us back to that i've said before like that world in which it felt like roderick strong was about to break away from the undisputed era and this could be another sort of moment that causes a rift between them um i thought this was silly but kind of fun like Roddy just tries to run at the beginning of the match he tries to run during the match he eventually runs straight into the plexiglass and runs away for a count out uh Loomis slides back in the ring to pick up the victory and then as Bobby Fish is sort of shouting and being like Roddy oh run away Loomis gets him in the head and arm choke and uh Fish sort of escapes so I don't know whether they're going to do like Loomis starts to Pull apart the the other members of the undisputed era Mm. as a bit of fun like he's just sort of toying with fish and strong while while he can um not massively sold on the the storyline i think the match will be good I don't think the build has been fabulous. It's not been my it's not been my favorite thing NXT has done no. recently. Uh, we then got Robert Stone asking for a rematch against Aaliyah. Uh, sorry, against Rhea Ripley with Aaliyah on the uh, on the iPad to William yes. Regal, who says, "What a brilliant idea! It's yeah, going to be a handicap match. Yes, it's going to be a brilliant, it's a brilliant match. Uh, you could take on Rhea Ripley, you and Aaliyah in the ring." And he's like, "No, I'm not a wrestler. I'm not a wrestler." He's like, "Well, no, I've already said it's going to be a brilliant match, and yeah. uh, if." if that happens and he's like, well, fine. Well, if that happens, then Rhea Ripley has to join the Robert Stone brand. If I, if I win and Rhea was like, well, I can't actually, can't actually do that. That's not really, <laughs> powers. I can't really make people sign up to stuff that they want to sign up to. But Rhea goes, nah, it's all good, mate. And, uh, she says that's going to happen next Bonza. week. So Bonza. Yeah. Um, uh, we then got a little, uh, Io Shirai recap and then the setup for Mia Yim versus Tegan Knox versus Dakota Kai and Candice Lorraine, the four way to decide the, the number one contender next week. Um, uh, and then also the announcement of Dexa Loomis versus Roderick Strong in a strap match next week, which mm. sort of done without any fanfare, I feel. Like that that should have I feel like that should have had a if we were gonna do skits for things, that kind of should have been a skit. Like that I think the Undisputed Era should have booked Roddy in that match. Yeah. Like to continue if this is going to go in a in a in a direction that, yeah, yeah, that would have like, been a really smart idea. We're gonna but,
2: make sure you can't run away this time. Yeah, exactly. Roddy. So you're gonna be strapped in. Yeah. Have fun, and mate. We'll-
1: Uh, but then we got the main event, which was Johnny Gargano versus Finn Balor versus Keith Lee for the North America Championship, and I bloody loved this match. I thought it was really, really fun. Um, I like the fact that Johnny rolled out immediately, leaving Finn and Keith to sort of battle it out. The the, the opening of this match was mostly about Keith Lee and how yes. bloody strong he is, shrugging um, things off. Yeah, and Finn and Johnny like couldn't get it together. They couldn't. They didn't work out how to work together for a lot of the match. Um, you know Keith Lee was just picking them both up at different times and slamming them down there was a point where he does sort of a northern light suplex dump to both of them over his back yeah. it, 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 no jumping from over them he just went okay bye then uh, and off they went um they they were taking there was a there was a really long section that i really liked where they were both taking it in turns to do like uh, on the back sleeper holds on on Lee and he was like Shrugging him off, and then the next one would jump on, and it was yeah, like yeah, so wearing that. him down. And he drops down to his knee, and he's like, Oh no, that's oh no. And then he, but he powers up and gets out. Um, things kind of, uh, there was a point where, um, yeah, Finn was doing a sleeper, and Johnny was on his leg, and he just throws Finn off and then just picks Johnny up off the floor like <laughs> one handed, like he's nothing is over there. This leads to a bit of a moment outside, and this is where the tables turn is that, uh, um, yeah. He comes outside chasing both guys who've run outside as he comes around. He's going to chart. He looks like he's going to pounce Johnny through the plexiglass basically is the idea, but Finn runs around the corner, hits a sling blade. Johnny hits the cannonball off the apron. Finn goes for a whip into the steps, but, uh, Keith Lee sort of stops him, but Johnny runs up behind and pushes him and uh, Keith Lee collides with steps. And this gives Johnny and Finn a bit of time to go in the ring and work some magic, which was really, really fun. Um, I noticed in this that Finn Balor has a, yet another crap tattoo. Uh, that Does, does he wear? He's got like a little dinosaur on his, like a like an outline dinosaur on his. I, mean, I think uh... he's had
2: that one for a while now. But yeah, no, it it's not, I've not great. Noticed, but... I've
1: not noticed it before because it just like none of his tattoos suit his character. No. His current character is like, yeah, hard nut Irish man, and his his tattoos
2: are all like,
1: I'm yeah. I'm a dweeb.
2: But, but I, like this led... I like the tattoos.
1: I think they're nice yeah. tattoos. I just don't think they suit him.
2: Um, but this led to my favorite moment of the match, which was Balor going, he uh, hit a slingbait, was going to go for the shotgun drop kick in the corner. And then they just have Keith Lee just rise out of nowhere next to him, which was just a moment that made me go, ooh.
1: This is, um, this is the Keith Lee spots that they were doing around Survivor Series yeah. last year. They loved Keith Lee rising up at the turnbuckle, like I'm gonna get you. And this was done in the done in a couple of the Dijak matches. It was done yeah. in a match with it was done with famously with Finn Balor, uh, and it was done in I think during the Survivor Series match as mm. well, and and uh, over Christmas as well because I remember him doing it with a Santa hat on at one point. Um, so there was a bit where I think my favorite bit by far of this match is when Keith Lee goes for. Uh, he goes for the power bomb, and as he pops Finn Balor up, Finn Balor just does a double-footed stomp on the way back down. Yeah. It was bloody awesome. Um, and then, so Balor then goes to hit the double. He goes to go for the John Woo, uh, but he hits the John Woo onto Johnny into the back of Lee because they're fighting in the turnbuckle. Yeah. And Lee collapses onto Johnny. Um, Balor climbs up the turnbuckle. There's a bit of shenanigans as both guys get up. Keith Lee buckle bombs Johnny onto Balor and then hits the big bang catastrophe. And Balor's then on the turnbuckle ready to hit the coup de gras. And you think, mm. Oh my God, Baller's going to win the North American championship. I was like at the edge of my seat, like Baller's going to win the North American championship. This is so perfectly set up. And it was like, it was almost too perfectly set up. It was mm. so telegraphed that you knew it was going to happen because as it's one, two and Balor jumps, Keith Lee just slides away and Balor hits the coup de grace on Johnny. Um, but Keith Lee just catches Balor and goes, oh, "Big bang catastrophe for you!" Then one, yes. two, three, I have won. Adam Cole comes out, face off against Keith Lee to finish the show. Um, and in two weeks' time, we're going to see those two have what I'm hoping is an absolute barn burner. Um, yes, absolutely, yeah. I I really really like this main event, and, and you know, when when they when they promised us this main event last week, I was like, "This is going to be ace. This is going to be like old school NXT." You know, main events recently have been about 10 minutes long. This was much longer than that. There were two ad breaks in it. So I think the runtime was probably nearer 20, 25 minutes, but yeah. obviously in 15 minutes we got to see. Um, it was really, really fun. I really liked all three of these guys working together. I think the match ebbed and flowed really nicely. It, it, had, it had the right sort of build. I think that sort of opening segment of going, these guys can't work out how to work together to cut down the bigger man. There's a brief moment where they do. Then we get the two smaller guys doing the kind of more technical wrestling stuff on each other. Then Keith Lee comes back in, and then it is just, let's just see what weird combinations of things we can do to finish the match. And it was brilliant. I really, really liked it. Um, overall, this week's NXT, for me, was a very good show. I think it would probably be like a low four, high yeah. three. Yeah. Um, um, again, like I've said before, I'm not massively keen on all the comedy stuff they've been doing, but I think it's starting to find its feet. There was some very good stuff. That, I, like, The main event was great. I thought um, the Casey Canzara, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez match was fun. Um, like I said, I wasn't I wasn't massively fussed about the way the Jake Atlas Phantasma match worked, but uh, I think Jake Atlas came out of it looking really good. Um, Thatcher Stach can is winning me over slowly and slowly. Yeah. And Karen Cross versus Bronson Reed was exactly the match I wanted to see. So there was a lot. There's a lot to like on this week's NXT. How was mm. it for you, Andy? As someone who doesn't watch on a regular basis,
2: uh, I enjoy. I mean, someone who watch, uh, someone who watches Snack Gun on a regular basis. This was a lovely break um, <laughs> from that. Uh, yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed plenty of parts of this. As as you sort of say, there are, there were bits that were not to like, like the Rhea Ripley stuff. Um, but yeah, most of it, It unlike on the main roster, at least every single segment sort of l- did build to something that's going to be happening in the next couple of weeks. There was nothing that kind of was like so pointless that you just thought, huh, mm. okay, well they, they did that. I mean, at least the Rear Ripley stuff is leading to a match next week. And at least it. at least I think in their minds, they're doing something that's going to get her more over because she's going to beat up a man um so we'll see um but yeah no i think i think a kind of high three is where i'd where i'd put it um obviously probably have higher expectations for nxt than i do for smackdown but um yeah high, high three low four just like you. Brandy, you got some emails. I do, yes. So uh, for those of you who don't listen to the Smackdown podcast for whatever reason, you should. Um, we have started a new segment called Snacklash. Uh, this comes off the back of me mentioning on AW After Dark from last month that uh, I like to eat salt of vinegar crisps with milk. In fact, I pretty much eat anything with milk. Um, my girlfriend is disgusted by the fact that I eat curry with milk oh. um
1: oh
2: yeah so you're disgusted as well so she'll be pleased to, oh, to that hear is, that
1: that is foul i know you put uh, like yogurt in curry but my lord
2: but it's just because i'm i'm really not good at handling my spice uh, and milk is very good at covering up for that yeah, that's, um, yeah,
1: that's fine but like doing it as sort of a this is this is my full drink to have with this. Do you have another drink as well, or do you just have no no milk, just milk is the milk. only drink. no because oh, like you would do water and like I'm drinking. I've,
2: I've started having like I'm having Pepsi. a glass of
1: wine and a milk in case it's too hot. Whatever. No, no.
2: Well, I, I, as you know, I don't I don't really drink wine, but uh, I, I have uh, I do have Pepsi Max in case um, it's too embarrassing for her. Um, yeah, but
1: could Pe- Pe- Pepsi Max the man's drink? No, she's hell. she's.
2: She's wonderful. Anyway. So, uh, so
1: Andy has disgusting eating habits. Yes. Uh,
2: and other people do too, apparently. Yes. Uh, we've got one here from Ethan Armstrong, uh, who says, Hey, Pete and Andy, I guess. Uh, hey, Laurie and Andy. Uh, my favorite thing to do is get a McDonald's chicken nugget meal with a chocolate shake. I dip my nuggets in my shake and it makes me happy. Uh, and no, Andy, salt and vinegar crisps do not go with skim milk. I'm sorry, but
1: someone who dips nuggets into chocolate can't talk. Because one, uh, chocolate and chicken doesn't even go together. <laughs> and two, it's not even chicken. So <laughs> this is, Those two. there's multiple layers to how wrong that is. Are you still a vegetarian?
2: Uh, no. Okay. Uh, so one of the things that we've been getting a lot of is salty things mixed with chocolatey things. There's a lot of people who dip chips in Nutella or who people who dip... Uh, like ready-salted or sort of vinegar crisps in Nutella. And I think it kind of makes sense. There's the kind of whole salted chocolate thing, which is a which is a thing that people do eat. Um, so, yeah, that, that is something that we are getting a lot of. Uh, yeah, but I don't think I would um, put those two together. I'm sorry, Ethan. Thank you for your email anyway. We got one from I don't live in the. World. I just
1: don't live in that world where, like, you just – dip random things in random things i normally look up yeah. recipes and go does that go together like i understand that chocolate goes with mm. salty flavors like you know mole sauce in my mm. like, mexican cooking is all about that uh, and is delicious but yeah just going i've got a jar of nutella let's see what things i can dip in it That was uh, mental.
2: i was listening to to radio five live perhaps a few years ago and they were doing like uh people were sending in their weird snacks and one of them was back two slices of battenberg cake with cheese and onion crisps in the middle um yeah i know no, but um no. a few so a few weeks ago we had one i can't remember who it was from but he was like right so this is pretty weird and then he goes oh i have chocolate cake and ice cream people and i were like yeah what's the What's the <laughs> what's the issue here? Uh, so Rockstar Gaming uh, has emailed in to say, hey, guys, I love the podcast. I also love cake and ice cream. I think it's quite fantastic. If you haven't tried it, you need to. It's not mental. It's actually amazing. I do recommend it. Thanks a lot. I think that may be uh, sarcastic. Um, but we've got one from Sam Smith. He uh, says, I don't know how you guys will feel about this, uh, as this is a healthy mini meal I have uh, due to my bulk muscle gain plan. So he has toasted sourdough bread, Peanut and all or almond butter, uh, sliced ripe avocado, squeeze of lime, topped with chili flakes and a bit of coriander. It's a healthy muscle building snack, but also weird. I admit that. I mean, personally, that sounds rank. Uh, I'm not a fan of peanuts or avocado. Um, and is it you that can't stand coriander because it tastes of soap? No,
1: I like coriander. No? I, like, okay. I like everything. Uh, I, I think that's fine. I'd eat that. Um, I'm not like, I wouldn't make it as a delicious meal. I think if you're going to put avocado on toast, maybe do like really good one is like, instead of replace the peanut butter with pesto. Mm-hmm. Um, if you did like a red pesto and then had the avocado and stuff, yeah, you might not gain as much muscle, but you your taste buds will thank you, good sir.
2: Mm. Um, and we've got one more from Evan Reich who says, I am a big fan of peanut butter and pickle sandwiches. Uh, a little behind the podcast. If you already read this out, please disregard? We haven't. So uh, peanut butter and pickle. I despise pickles. I think yeah. they Is there are... a food you like beyond milk? Like month to munch. See, I like munch pickled <laughs> Did onion. Did your yeah. mum
1: forget to wean you? Is that what um, happened?
2: Like... She comes around every day. Um, but no, I just... Keep little
1: britain alive are you andy
2: well, yeah when i go to when i went to america um the amount of weird looks i got from uh staff in uh fast food restaurants when i said oh can i can you leave the pickle out because they were like what you, you don't want a pickle it's like i just i think they taint the entire experience like honestly if someone had wiped a pickle on a burger if someone who wiped a pickle on a burger, this is one of my dad's and world problems, but I, I, and then not actually put it in, I would know that that had been that and it would ruin the entire oh, burger stupid. for me.
1: My friend says that about cucumber. I've got a mate who, who won't touch but, anything that cucumber but has. Cucumber is so
2: bland in terms of. Yeah. And, and do you know what?
1: Do you know what pickle started life as, Andy?
2: Yeah. Cucumber but cucumber. You no, know you know I do like. You no, know I do like is liver pate and cucumber. So <laughs> I'm
1: sorry. I'm sorry. You like so. Hang on. You like <laughs> salt and vinegar crisps, right? Yep. What's
2: pickle? Pickled in. <laughs> uh, I imagine. You, you're still, not nonsensical. Um, you are
1: nonsensical. It's the it's 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 vinegar. Funnily enough, and like seeds.
2: See, I'm know. a I'm a textures guy. I think it's also got a lot to do with textures. Uh, I don't eat things that I think have weird textures. Do so you not like wet food? I, I, it's possibly and that. What aubergine? Yes, I won't eat that or courgette um, missing or out peppers. On the whole... see, see, I know it's it's a shame because I'm sure they're really lovely and like I don't mind the flavor of some of these things. Like I don't mind the flavor of peppers. I don't mind the flavor of courgette. It's just the way it feels in my mouth. And if I don't like that, then <laughs> I'm probably not going to cram it in there
1: well on that uh before we dive too deep into the the number of jokes that i could make Mm -hmm. there uh we'll we'll call we'll call it time instead uh thank you very much for listening you've got the uh the friday magazine show coming up tomorrow which i believe is with luke and alex queen of the ring which should be really exciting uh we're going to have guests on the friday magazine show from now on in a way to Diversify the roster of people on Wrestle Talk. Um, we will also be doing uh, we'll basically back to back to normal uh, SmackDown on Saturday and then running through the rest of the week. Uh, stick around for next week though because obviously we've got Fighter Fest coverage and also the Great American Bash is discussed wow. in this show. Uh, so stick around for that. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye.